This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 65 of the Stacey West podcast. It's the first of the new year. I'm Ben as ever and Gary is with me. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well, my friend now. Uh, I say very well. I'm doing better than I uh, than I have been doing. It's been a while. Yeah, it? I was going to say, welcome back to the land of the living. It's been... Uh... It's been a, a difficult few weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the last podcast I was on was the live podcast, um, which seems ages ago mm. now. Obviously, I uh, after that, I think we um, I went off to the, the awards ceremony in London and got struck down by something that I've, I've never had before. Um, I've always said, I, I've said I've had flu in the past, but now I know I've never had flu uh, until until now. So yeah, it was yeah. a bit of a a bit of a flat Christmas, and then uh, here we are. We were going to record last week, of course, but our, our diaries didn't quite match up. I don't think. Um, say last week, yeah, it was, it was probably Monday or Tuesday, it, wasn't it? We're in that weird phase at the minute where no one has an absolute, nobody has an idea of what day it no. is. Like we, we, it's just bizarre. Um, what day is it? Is it Thursday today? We're recording. I think it's Thursday as we're recording. Okay, yeah, right. so the, it'll be it'll be up on Friday, and hopefully people can give it a listen on the way up to uh, on the way up to Sunderland. But um, yeah, I mean we've we've not really had much to to talk about on the podcast about the live one, so we'll just have a couple of minutes really quickly about that because um, when I when I put the links out and when I you know did some social media stuff about it, I said it was it's probably genuinely the, the thing I'm I'm most proud of in the past couple of years really because it's it came out of nowhere. Um, as you know, a, a suggestion from Liam, um, didn't think he was being serious at first, but then after a couple of conversations and then some, uh, whirlwind chat with, uh, with yourself and, and Terry at the club, it, uh, it came together really quickly, didn't it? Yeah. I'm quite proud of a drawing of a horse that I did, which, um, probably takes, takes top spot, but I think the podcast would be up there in, with two or three. It was a great picture <laughs> of a horse because well, they're quite hard to draw and I'm, I'm crap at drawing. Um, no, in all seriousness, it, it was a, it was a great night. Obviously, everyone's had had a chance to listen. Now, I think I think what really struck me um, was 
Michael's approachability. We know we know what Toff's all about. We, you know what you're going to get with Toff. You're going to get a little bit of banter, but it's always going to be measured. You know, he's 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 open. You, you know that. But people didn't mm. know Michael Appleton until that point. They'd seen him in the press conferences. You know, we're talking a month ago now, aren't we? It was you know it was the, the yeah. first week of December. We'd been on the bad run. I think it was just off the back of the Burton result. Now, um, I, I said on the day of Burton, before we, we went to Burton, something felt different the second I woke up that morning. And I stand by that now, you know, because since that point, since waking up for the Burton game, we're, we're top of the form table and I don't put much weight in form tables. Um, mm. But bear in mind at that point, you know, we'd lost some games, we'd drawn some games. You, you talk in last minute equalizers at Wimbledon. There was some rumblings, you know, there was a Twitter account that put, if we don't get something at Burton, will Michael Appleton's role be under question? Do you know what I mean? I don't agree with it, but there was mm. that undercurrent. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, the, 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 anything that, we had any influence whatsoever on what's happened since on the field. Of course, that's not the case. It'd be ludicrous to say so. But I do think that people got more of a glimpse of Michael Appleton. My dad um, is always a good barometer for me because mm. my dad is the average guy on the street. Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't overthink things. He doesn't overcomplicate things. He sees things how he sees them and he'll comment on them and, and won't think about really what he's saying. I'm, you know, that's not negative. And he came away massively impressed by Michael Appleton. And yeah. if somebody's impressed my dad, uh, then I know that you know we've done a good job in uh, giving him that vehicle to do so. Yeah, and I think the thing is, you know, we we said at the time, um, you know, little little peek behind the curtain, we we said to to Liam after the fact, you know, obviously it's it, it's it's a two way street. We know it's a two way street, and we know it's it's a you know not so much a I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of thing, but it it, it was very much that. We will, you know, we've obviously got the access, and it gives the club the the ability to to let Michael have that time to, you know, be a little bit more relaxed and let his personality come through. And we obviously had the chance to talk to him, and obviously got more, you know, more ears on the podcast. I think we had we had over a month's worth of downloads in the space of four days when that came out, which was just phenomenal. But, we haven't really capitalised uh, on it, have we? Because since then we did. You, we did the, you've got yeah, Ill. I've been ill. We did the one <laughs> podcast with you and Jake, which I confess I didn't even listen to. Um, oh. And that, that just purely, I, I, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, I was I was still going to bed in the day on Boxing Day. Um, mm. I, I forced myself through Christmas, so I I, I, I didn't listen, um, which I feel a little guilty about. I did listen to both of the live pods, though. Um, mm. Cringed at a few, uh, a few of my own things because you know people like you and I who have got that sort of level of anxiety sitting away and as probably hate ourselves, um, or certainly you know overcritical of ourselves. And yeah, I was quite cutting with yeah. Paul Stalabras, wasn't I? That's <laughs> all right. We, 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 he knows it's all in good faith. No, it wasn't. I meant it. The chairs weren't pointing <laughs> at him. You know, keep your mouth shut. You're there to watch, not listen. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you're there to watch and listen rather. So, no, it was good, wasn't it? Michael's a really nice chap. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the thing is that there was a couple of photos that that sort of summed it up. And when, it, when you listen back to it as well, it's it's quite it's quite interesting to see. At the, you know, at the start, it's it's almost press conferencey. You know, it was almost kind of. You put an you put a question across, you get a straight answer, and then you know it's it, okay. Move on to the next question. But as the as the evening went on, you could see in the body language, and you could see you can hear it in the in the uh, in the audio as well, just the way that 
he relaxed into the conversation and we it allowed it allowed it to flow really like there's a brilliant picture of um of it from bubs where i think you know me and you are sat in the center sofa and you've got liam on one sofa and michael on the other one and michael's just sat you know as if he sat at home watching telly you know his arms are along the back of it and he's just having a you know good time and he's having a laugh with it and it was it, it was quite humbling to be able to do it i'm not gonna lie you know it was uh it was a really good experience and um yeah, we, we've we're hopeful that uh, something like that can happen again in future for sure. Yeah, I've been well up for it definitely, uh, and a massive apologies to Richard Godson, who um, actually came out of the draw. His name came out of the draw. I don't know if you're aware of this band or not. Um, no. And on the email, when I was sending all of the emails out to um, to invite people, I was using. So people had sent an email in. And so in order for me to see if I'd replied, I was looking to see if there was a two next to the inbox to say that there was a thread of emails. So that was that was my checklist. But Richard right. emailed in and then emailed a second time. So the thread was there already. So as I was going up, I just skipped his because it looked like I'd replied to it. Um, oh, no. And he, he only messaged me after the day saying, you know, obviously I wasn't successful. And I, I had to email back and say, oh, I feel absolutely awful, but you were successful. Uh, and yeah, it's, that's that's my fault. So, um, and I, Well, he's first on the list next time we do. One, yeah, exactly. Sure. And the crazy thing is since then, he's actually started writing for the Stacey Weston. His pieces are providing quite popular. So maybe we should snub people more often. Um, we didn't do it. <laughs> we didn't do it on purpose. But, um, I, I, you know, the, we've gained another uh, very talented uh, writer. So, I, yeah. Thank you, Richard, for that. But again, yeah, if we do something else, you'll you'll be right up there. And also a very Absolutely. quick thank you uh, to the lady who came up to me on Saturday uh, and and bonged me some money for me and Ben, uh, yeah. just as a thank you for the podcast. So um, I'm going to keep it all. No, uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, I've, I've told Ben about that. I didn't see him since since the fact, um, but it's that's appreciated, and we'll certainly have a a drink at some point. Um, so Absolutely. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone else fancies doing it, you know, me and Gary will be uh, outside the, uh, oh. <laughs> outside the center spot <laughs> with a bucket. And no, Do you know what? No, it's, 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 it's actually, it's not embarrassing because when somebody you don't really know passes you money, I always feel mm. like, you know, I feel like saying, oh, I, I can't take that. But it, you know, it happened before um, Christmas twice at the Tranmere game. Um, mm. dedicate blog readers come up to me and say, you know, oh, I'm not a patron. This is to show my appreciation for you. And I just think, don't know to do that. That's humbling. That, that for me is yeah. more humbling than, than sitting and doing this stuff with, with Michael is when somebody connects with you on that real level. Um, and mm. it's hard. Like I get it. I got it in the club shop. It, this wasn't money. Someone came up to me and said, hi, I'm uh, Andrew. Uh, he didn't actually say his name. I always make a point of asking, but he said, I'm, I'm a patron of the site, you know, and I would then I want to stand and talk. And sometimes I've got my dad with me and dad wants to go off to the bar and that sort of thing. And he, you know, it, <laughs> it's, that's humbling. That's it, it's those real personal connections. It's when people who you don't know, not the regulars, not the, you know, we appreciate Paul and Stalabras and Andy Pearson and all the regular people. You know, they're absolutely fantastic. But it's when somebody who I've never met comes mm. out of the blue and, and says, you know, your work's really important to me. That that's humbling. So anyway, ten minutes in, we haven't talked about football, man. Yeah, well, I was going to say as well. Um, I, you know, I, I got, uh, I, I came back home from from doing a little bit of shopping on New Year's Eve and walked through the door and said, 
you're married to a celebrity, darling. And Rachel said, why, what, what are you on about? I said, well, I got recognised in Tesco. Somebody uh, somebody started talking to me about the podcast in Tesco, which was uh, which was wonderful. I was once recognised um, on the underground in London at Rush Hour. What were you saying about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was mental. I had fee with me. I remember around the time we were looking at signing Sim Akinola, um, which shows how long ago it was now, I'd written an article and I went to Skegness then for the afternoon. Um we, we were having a, a yin and yang day. So in the morning we went to Gumby Hall, Fee and I, and we played croquet on the lawn and we had tea in the coffee shop. And then we drove to Skegness in the afternoon, played crazy golf and ate fish and chips. It was and laughed at mobility scooters. Anyway, it was it was bizarre. Um, when I say laughed at mobility scooters, I wasn't laughing at the disabled. We saw a mobility <laughs> scooter and a guy had got uh, a platform built on the front and he'd got his dog stood on it. So it looked like the dog was towing his mobility scooter, but on the back he had built another platform and he'd got a missus stood on it. So he was driving it and it looked like this procession. So we laughed at that. So uh, <laughs> and, and this guy Fair came enough. up to me in the car park and said, uh, oh, we're going to sign Akinola then. He's like, bloody hell, I've come out to Skegness. Um, <laughs> but it's nice, isn't it? Because it's just it's just recognition of what we do. It's not, I don't want people yeah. to recognise me as Gary Hutchinson. I want people who have read something or heard something that we that we've, done on here or that has been on the site and mm. that's the link i like that link so yeah yeah absolutely right so so let's let's talk about a football match then um because i think uh, we were saying myself and jake we got to just about covering the coventry game so we didn't have previews of stuff over christmas because as i say we were hoping to get together but unfortunately it uh, it didn't pan out um but yeah what what a what a christmas period we've had um, it was, I mean, what we, I think we were saying before the Christmas period, sort of all of us that it was going to be difficult. You know, we, we, I didn't think we'd take many points if, if any, to be honest. Um, I, I was expecting us to, to get beat at Coventry was expecting us to, to get beat at Oxford. And, you know, I, I thought personally over the past two games that a point in each of those would have been a fantastic result. Um, was proven right in the first two, you know, Coventry and uh, and Oxford. Um, I I think the Oxford game in particular, because that was one that was uh, watched that on iFollow, and it was it was tough to take it when you you know when when the last sort of ten fifteen minutes was constant pressure near enough, and then that last last gasp effort where it comes off the post and then it gets hooked away from Tyler Walker's head, you know, that was the last action of the game. I think that was. That felt quite difficult to take, but you know, to, to bounce back and get two home wins on the trot was well, it was phenomenal, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I I've been going into those four fixtures. I, I seem to remember commenting whether it was on here or writing that if we could possibly get four points from those yeah, four it was fixtures, the, it, was, it was on here. Yeah. That that would be a phenomenal return. Um, mm-hmm. In reality, you know, the last two games have been absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to take anything away from that. We deserved eight points from those games because mm. um, neither Oxford nor Coventry, both sides who are gone in for top top three, top two, uh, neither of those were significantly better than us. And that's no. that's frustrating um, from a from point of view that you know, we conceded a, a wonder goal to Oxford. It was a wonder goal. You, you, you don't stop that. Baptiste's hit was as good as you will see all season. Um, mm-hmm. And then people are saying, you know, saying we didn't have a shot on goal in those two games. Those rumblings were just coming back, weren't they? After Burton yeah. and Tranmere had, 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 had kind of put some 
light between us. Um, but going into the four games, the the Coventry, the Oxford, Sunderland, and uh, Peterborough, rather and Ipswich, I deep down I think after the Coventry game, I thought if we come out with a point, if we can hold Ipswich, um, and, and let's talk about Ipswich first of all because you know we go into that game. I, I, most people who went to Ipswich were had the belief that we could win, and that's coming off the back of two defeats. Mm. Very few people were saying we're going to get beat by Ipswich. I, I felt maybe we could hold them to a draw. I thought it yeah. would be a low-scoring game. You know, obviously, I unfortunately had to watch on I follow with uh, with my Lurgy, um, which was a great experience. I follow, you know, I'm a massive fan of it, like watching proper game on TV with the the benefit of replays. Um, and uh, well, you know, analyzing games on here sometimes after the fact is a little tough because we all know what we saw. Um, but you know, let's not underestimate, understate the importance of that win. Not just because we beat Ipswich, but because we created chances. Okay, against a side that, for want of a better word, was shit at the back. You know, they, <laughs> when Danassian went off, they put Edwards at right back. Edwards isn't a right back; he's a midfielder. He's an attacking player. He was roasted. You know, he got himself booked. He should really have been sent off because he had another really late challenge. Um, mm, yeah, and uh, and and Ipswich just didn't cope with us. And for me, it was just a continuation, I think, of the turning point at Burton. I mean, I don't know what you thought, but our, our attacking play is getting better every game. Yeah, I think the, um, the I mean, we'll come on to the defensive stuff shortly, I imagine, but the attacking play on, on Sunday and then again on, on Wednesday was, was just, we looked dangerous every time we went forward. You know, every time that it went over the halfway line and it, it continued to, to push up, I, you start to get on the edge of your seat and you start to stand up a bit. You think, oh, bloody hell, we might score here. But it was, um, like you say, just the amount of chances that were created and, and the, the the way that the football was being played. I, um, It was hard to pick out my favourite goal from from Sunday, to be honest, because I thought Jake Hesketh had a superb game um, and it started off with his little cheeky reverse pass to Anderson when he, you know, when he got the first. Um, and then it was wrapped up by him scoring the fifth. And I think the the fact that we were pushing on for that fifth goal uh, when it was 4-3, you know, that Ipswich obviously throwing men forward to try and get a draw. And then we could have easily done what's been done in the past and, you know, brought Max Melbourne on to, to shore up the back four, um, turn it into a back five. You know, we could have done that, but we didn't. We were, you know, left, left two men up the top. Um, and it proved dividends because, you know, as soon as it, as soon as that ball went over the top, there's only, well, you know, that, that pass from, uh, uh, the, the pass from Anderson, you know, which you singled out, that I think in pass, your, yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the one that you singled out in the, in the blog. It, as soon as that pass was played, there was only one outcome, you know, whether it was going to be Hesketh that scored it or whether he squared it back to Tyler to get his hat trick, who, you know, it didn't matter. That was going in the back of the net. Um, and I just think it was, it, it was the kind of game that you will only really see, once or twice a season. I mean, obviously we had, you know, we had the game where we got absolutely hammered against Oxford earlier on in the season, but the fact that we were able to, you know, to score five despite conceding three, I thought it was a real test of character. And that was exactly what, you know, I think what what Michael was wanting from, from the players before that. Um, It was just a great game. Uh, I, I think if there were any neutrals watching it, I think they would have been absolutely thrilled and to see it, to have over 10,000 people in the stadium, you know, to, to see that game was, was a real boon. 
And then obviously, you know, 10,000 people to see the following game was, was another one. So Yeah, I, mean, I think when you looked at the fixture list, that, that was the, the this was the, the period of time that I kind of identified as that's going to be massive. You know, it's yeah. it's a double header, Ipswich and Peterborough. They're go, both going to be coming at us from a position in the top six, which they were. I think Ipswich was second. What were Peterborough? Were they fourth going into the game? Something like that? I don't know. Uh, I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you knew there were going to be big games. I know, um, you know, the 10,000 the, the 10, plus is... Is amazing. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect that. Um, the just touching briefly back on the Ipswich game. My favourite goal had to be Tyler Walker's. I think. I think it was key because we've taken the lead. It's a decent Ipswich side. You know, let's not kid ourselves. Caden Jackson uh, is is an expensive forward. James Norwood he moved for free, but let's face it, would probably have commanded a fee of around a million pounds in the summer potentially. Um, had he had he gone for that, you look at some of their other players: the young lad Dazel, Flynn Downs, massively um, rated players. Luke Garbutt on loan from Everton was superb for Oxford last season. That's a good Ipswich side. Keeper mm. was crap. To be fair, why they why they didn't play Thomas Holy, I don't know because you know he was six for eight. We were never going to score past him in the FA Cup in, if we played for twenty four hours rather than an hour and a half. And then they stick this this guy Norris in who comes rushing off his line like somebody who's inadvertently pressed the triangle key or, uh, button on FIFA and kept his finger on it. Um, <laughs> but that was the finish because at one all, I felt the next goal was always going to be crucial if they got it it could really have damaged our confidence. If we got it, they were going to keep coming at us. They were like a mm. big dumb animal in that every time you hit them or scored past them, they just kept coming back going, oh, I'm going to do it again. Um, and that's why it was 5-3 <laughs> because they're dangerous going forward, but they they lacked any sort of common sense in some of their play. Uh, and when you mm. said about shutting up shop, had that game been 2-1, I probably feel that Michael Appleton would have then brought Max Melbourne on and gone to shore things up. But when mm. it goes to 4-2 or 4-3, um, you know, on the commentary, Michael Horton said at 4-3, anyone could still win this game. Ipswich could still win this game 5-4. Any result is still possible. And that's with, what, five minutes left. And it was. Because you mm. look at their goals, and I know that we're going to touch on the defence in a minute, but you know we, we gifted them their second. Okay, it came from a corner. The corner wasn't defended particularly well, but it should never have been a corner in the first place. And you look at their third goal, I mean, it's you know, it's like they've heated up a knife and slashed it through ice cream. It, that's how easy it was. But that's mm. not to say that we were bad defensively, because I thought, to a man, we were excellent. And, you know, it's just, that that's where you come up against. You're coming up against real quality. James Norwood... Was in was scored a, a poacher's goal as soon as you let one little chink in your armour at this level against the likes of Ipswich and Peterborough you are going to get punished and you look at Wimbledon when we drew one all and Apaya had scored late on for them that's mm. the quality that's the difference between this division and the one that we came out of um, yeah and then like you say we move on to Peterborough at home you've we beat Ipswich five three and I don't know what your thoughts were but going into it I thought if we can get a point out of Peterborough. It would be phenomenal because they were talking about injuries, but Ivan Tony rated at four million or whatever, not injured. Mo Isa cost them one and a half million, not injured. Marcus Madison was rumoured to be moving for a couple of million in the summer, not injured. It's not really an injury crisis, lads, is it? No, I mean we we sort of you know we we saw each other before the game and we said I think both of us said if we take anything from today, it'll be a great result. Um, I was 
beforehand said exactly the same as I did against Ipswich. I said, you know, if, if we can take a point, I'll be more than happy with that. Um, but to to go in and, and do what we did, I, I can't, I still can't quite get over it. It was just a phenomenal result. And it was, it, it was that, um, it was that thing again, where, you know, Michael had said in the press conferences before and, and sort of, maybe you know a little bit more obviously behind closed doors but it was when he says you know i wanted the i wanted the ca- the players to to show the character you know i wanted them to to go behind and come back and win a game you know obviously nobody want nobody wants to go behind but if you do to to get the strength of character and you know the the concentration to go and and win the game it was just unbelievable like i i think um Tyler was a little bit fortunate maybe with with his deflection but I I would probably say it was on target even without it um but for that to 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 go in at the moment it did as well because I think we were just about in the ascendancy there um Peterborough started to they they started to to maybe slack off a little bit and let us come back into the game um listening to Mr. Ferguson's post-match comments. I don't really know what game he was watching because he's saying, you know, we we were on top for the entire game, and you know, we we shouldn't have lost that game and all the rest of it. But um, there were two key moments for me um, outside of the goals, and it, the first one is one that I've seen a lot of people talking about, and that was uh, that was Bozzy's challenge on Marcus Madison. Um, where he went in, he was strong with it, he was perfectly fair, took the ball cleanly. Um, Madison made a big deal out of it and then sat on the ground like a toddler throwing a tantrum shortly afterwards going, well, why didn't I get a free kick? It's like, because it was a perfectly fair challenge. And it was just in front of the co-op stand and it sparked everybody back into life a little bit. You know, everyone was sort of a little bit, a little bit quiet, a little bit, not necessarily down, but, you know, a little bit subdued and, and sort of sat there. And then as soon as that challenge went in, everybody in the stand went, oh yeah, we can do this, can't we? Yeah, it's going to be, we'll be all right. Yeah, let's have it. Um, and then obviously the, the second moment was the sending off, um, which I I still can't understand what what went through his mind at that point, other than a few of Joe you know Joe Morrell's nose hairs. It was uh, it was bar- absolutely bizarre, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I'll come on to that in a minute. I think <laughs> just because <laughs> um, uh, again. <clears throat> that tackle from Bozzy, phenomenal. Thought Bozzy had a great game, and uh, mm-hmm. let's let let let's broach the elephant in the room, shall we? Because I thought Bozzy and Bolger were both excellent. Um, Tony, let's make no mistake, is a top quality striker. You know his finish mm-hmm. was sensational, um, and yep. you know he's inside the area, but the way he's curled it, he's placed it. That's the finish of a player that, that should be playing in the championship. And he was strong physically. Yeah, he's a bit of a moaning bastard, wasn't he? Like every time he got a little punch <laughs> or whatever, a little whinging. But, um, you know, let's not forget how he took out Michael O'Connor. Um, oh, you know, absolutely. So, he was he was a marked man from, day, yeah. from, you know, from minute one. And they yeah, were actually, I felt they were more aggressive than we were. And I felt Ipswich were the same. Um, you know, we, we, we took a bit I of a I was shocked at... I was actually shocked at how dirty Ipswich yeah, were. Was shocking, yeah. Watch, watching it back as well um, on on iFollow and being able to rewind, you look at some of the the, the challenges, and it's disappointing mm. for me. It's disappointing when you see like Caden Jackson, who should be doing much better, and barging yeah. Morel off the ball. For me, it's the dark arts not being done well because it's obvious mm. everyone can see it. And you know, I, I I actually called it before the game. I actually said. Uh, before the Ipswich game, I said there'll be a red card today, guaranteed be a red card. I said that well before kickoff, but 
we go back to I was on the high street before the game, bumped into Helgi. And Helgi, mm-hmm. um, you know, a great friend of mine, Helgi, he can be quite pessimistic. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't, he's never one to get carried away with anything. He's always not looking for the dark side of things, but, you know, he's, he's kind of a, the critical friend. He always wants to see what the problems might be. Uh, yeah. And he sort of said, look, and, you know, Michael Appleton's reign will really take off when we go behind in a game and win. And that, you know, as simple as that. And then we go behind in a game against a team that I think, pound for pound, Peter have got the best squad in this division. Possibly. Ipswich, maybe Sunderland, but Peterborough are right up there. So you go behind and you think they can manage this game now. And, you know, we huffed and puffed a little bit. You know, we we responded very well after the goal because they didn't mm. then come back at us. But you always felt like perhaps Lincoln of October and November will create four or five chances. Then Peter will go up and stick another one in and we're all going, oh, God, here we go again. Um, mm. And, you know, we... As you said Tyler Walker got the the leveler. I personally don't think it was going in um, without the deflection. I think Christy Pym saves it. I think he's a great goalkeeper, but that's not the point. Mm. You know, sometimes you get that little bit of luck. We haven't had it when John hit the post in the last minute at Oxford or Coventry. I can't remember which one it was. Mm. You know, we haven't had the little bit of luck, so we get the bit of luck, and then Dembele comes on, and you think, oh God, here we go again because Dembele came on at London Road and tore us apart. And he was going to offer something different. You know, Tony had been a bit of a physical presence. Mo Isa had been, well, he hadn't been a presence at all. Had he? he was anonymous. Um, yeah, he was quiet. He was, was, wasn't he? He was poor. And then Debelli comes on and you think, if he gets the ball and he's running at our defence, you know, that's going to be an issue. Um, and I've, I've actually skipped the elephant in the room that I said I was going to mention a minute ago. So we'll come, <laughs> we'll come back onto it in a minute. We'll come back to it, yeah, yeah. because you know Dembele for the for the second game in a row for me. Bearing in mind I missed Ipswich, I'm watching a home game where an opposition player has imploded. You know, Blackett Taylor did it for Tranmere. Stupid, mm. stupid red card. There was no doubt. I mean, the referee on on I'll say Saturday. I have no idea what day it was. The referee <laughs> is literally five yards away. It's yeah. a nothing challenge. You know, it's, it, Dembele's com- committed the foul. Possible, you know, might have been a booking. I don't, I don't think so. It's a little pull. It's a free kick. It's stupid. Whether Morel said something, whether there's history, but Dembele's gone, come flying back in like a firework. Do you know what I mean? And suddenly yeah. he's in there and you just know what Morel's doing. He's winding him up. He'll have a smug yeah. smile on his face because that's what Joe Morel does. He's good at it. But to stick yeah. your nut in like that, it's brainless. It's utterly brainless. Um, yeah, I mean the thing is, like they they said, um, I watched the the highlights on Quest last night, and uh, they said on there, you know that that was it was embarrassing from Morello. I was like, well, no, not really. No. Like I think personally, he goes down after um, after Dembele gets a, a fistful of his shirt, yeah. yeah, and he start you know he starts to push him down. I, I don't think that was a delayed reaction to the headbutt at all, no. or the you know sticking his head in because you can't really call it a headbutt. But let's face it, if you're on the the high street and you're having a puff, uh, you're having a push and a pull with somebody and having a bit of a fight and that goes on you don't go you don't hit the deck that no. simple you know you don't go down in that situation he's had the nut stuck on him the referee's seen it they've still got they've got hold of each other's shirt and one of the stills I've got shows Morel had hold but Morel was sensible enough not to stick his face in yeah and it's absolutely it doesn't matter what what you want to say about whether it was a headbutt whether they connected whether Morel's gone down whatever Sariki Dembele has made a movement with his head towards Joe Morel. That's a red card. Yeah. It's Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the same with Blackett Taylor. He's blocked a free kick being taken. It's a yellow card. He's already been booked. There isn't room for manoeuvre. 
you know, mm. and, and had Dembele not stuck his face in, it would be a yellow card to each because Morel got a yellow card. He yes. was in the confrontation, yeah, yeah. but mm. you know, and that turns the game. It does because after that, it was all Lincoln, and you know, you've got tough hit in the post. You've got the, the disallowed goal, which I'm assuming was for a foul on the keeper. Um, uh, it was offside. Was it actually offside? I, I yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, was it was given as given offside. As offside. You've got uh, you've got Pim's save from Harry Anderson, which do not underestimate how good that save is. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's cracking. That header is. It's not postage stamp because it's the wrong side of the envelope, but it's that. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. That's where he's putting it. It's in that corner. Um, yeah. And then you know, history. I mean, it, it. We came away from it thinking, how have we only scored two? It is, yeah. It was. It was one of those last twenty minutes where you just think, bloody hell, we could have had a hatful. But I still always felt that if they got one chance, it might go in. I always, yeah. I always feel that with the teams that we're playing in this division and the players that we're coming up against. You only needed Madison to get a half chance, to, you know, 18 yards out. And that's where we've got to develop. We've got to yeah. develop whereby, because we are actually creating good opportunities to shoot and not taking them. Mm. Um, I mean, I, 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 a former manager of ours always used to talk about box entries. And at one point, I thought, how many have we had? You know, there, there was a mm. time where we were passing the ball around in the area and you just think, if someone can just put their foot through it, but yeah, no neutral watching that game could have told you which of those two teams was in the top six and which was in the bottom eight. Yeah, absolutely. No it was just, it was incredible. And the fact that, you know, mathematically we're closer to the top six than we are the bottom fo- uh, bottom three. Yeah, I don't. And we're 16th. I don't, That's mad. I don't buy into that. I don't. I, don't, I know Michael loves it. I, I, like, I like Michael. I think the coverage on Radio Linkage is brilliant, but I cringe a little bit. It was, no, it, I, it, was, I, it was the same after was it after the Tranmere game? It was like six points from the playoffs. But that, they've, yeah, they've got I mean, to say that that's you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the fact is that I, I don't think anyone realistically thinks we can get there. But the, the fact is that mathematically, that is the case at the minute, and it just shows how tight this division is. No, realistically, we can get there. We won't. Realistically, we can because this division is that tight. You've got um, you've got Rotherham have now entered the top two mm. and we've beaten them 2-0 and 3-0 this season. And when we beat them 3-0, remember they had five or six of their first team players in and they're in the top mm. two. You know, I don't think we will get in the playoffs, but we have got as much of a chance of getting in the playoffs as Gillingham, who are four or five points ahead of us. We're better than them on our day. Mm. Um, yeah, it's such a, such a close league. But the, you know, the worry is that... We were lo- we lost lots of games and we didn't fall into the relegation spots. You know, we, we seemed to we were on a bad bad run of form, but we didn't fall all that hard. Now we're on a really good run of form and we're not climbing all that hard. And that's the problem with the division that it's just so tight. So, shall we uh, shall we address the the issue that I think some people picked up on yesterday? Then I'll let you describe it because I think we might have differing views. Yeah, I mean, I I, I tweeted out at half time and I said honestly that there were points where I didn't know who was more dangerous in our half yesterday, whether it was Ivan Tony or whether it was Kean Bulger. Um I thought it it was the third or fourth time in as many weeks where we uh sorry, in as many games where we've been for, uh we've been caught out at the back. We you know it happened against Oxford. We were lucky not to concede. It happened um against um it where are we? we had Oxford who is it after Oxford? Coventry. Uh, I don't think it happened at Coventry, 
Um, but it was definitely happened at Oxford. Um, it happened at Ipswich, which led to a corner. Um, and then it happened, you know, against, against Peterborough where it, it pretty much directly led to a goal. Um, it was, it was this playing it out from the back. And I understand the, I, I know what you're going to say when you, when you, you come into it, cause I've, I've read, you know, I've read the piece on the, on the site about it, but the, I think there's knowing when to do it and knowing when to put your foot through it. And I think Michael said as much in his post-match interview after the Ipswich game, where he said, you know, there are points where Key and just, or whoever it is at the back, you need to realise where your limit is and you just need to get rid of it. And, oh, Charlie's here. Hello, Charlie. <laughs> um, but it, it was one of those awkward situations, you know, where you, we've, we've played it back. We nearly got caught out against Oxford. We were lucky not to concede. Um, it, we gave away a corner, uh, which led to the goal on, on Sunday. And then, thing is, I think it was about five minutes before the goal um, against Peterborough, we got caught out from a goal kick. Mm. You know, it it got played out and then they closed us down really quickly um, and we lost possession. So you think, well, where's the... I don't know. It, it's It's frustrating to watch because, you know, while I understand completely, uh, it, it's... I understand the reasoning behind it is, you know, to, to get that space and to, to be able to draw players out of position, like, you know, you, you mentioned in the in the blog, which allows you to play through the team rather than, you know, rely on a long ball forward. There are points in the game where you just think you can't do that. You know, if, you, if you're getting closed down that quickly, you've just got to get rid of it. And it seemed a few times at the weekend and on Wednesday, but it just, that, that wasn't happening and the urgency wasn't there. I think the issue is that you're asking non-footballers to play football. And that's no slur on Bolger and Boswick. Centre-halves are not... They're, they're footballers by trade, but they are not footballers in the Gary Taylor, Fletcher, George Grant sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They are... They're strong. They're good in the air. They can play... Uh, they can they can they can tackle they can play short passes all that sort of stuff, um, but to a degree you are asking them to um, to try and play play out from the back and, and nine times out of ten it, it's a struggle. However, Michael Appleton has a way that he wants to play football, and that includes playing out from the back, and he is impressing his style on this team now. I believe it is a weak manager that has a footballing philosophy and changes it as soon as it doesn't work first time. Uh, and I think that's that's when a club begins to lack direction. And when people like John Dempster, who was sacked at Mansfield, you know, they were saying they never know from one day to the next how they're going to play. And players become confused and you lack an identity. Um, and I, I, you know, I've, I've in a conversation with somebody the other week about Wickham Wanderers and they said to me, Wickham won't go up this season automatically because they don't have an identity. They don't have a way that they play. They match everybody else. And if a team goes to them and sets up to defend against them, that's when you get a dour game because Wickham don't have Wickham don't have an approach. Wickham just are the anti of whatever you are. Um, mm. 
And I think it's really important that a team uh, has an identity and maintains that identity. And we had that over three years and it it changed over the three successful years. But, you know, we were the high press team. We were the team that, um, you know, stick the big man up top, look to get the ball to stick to him, get people in and around. We had 4-4-1 where the midfield and the McCartan role was was constantly dropping back to 4-5. And we had a very clear identity and it worked for us. And that's proven. And under the likes of Steve Tilson and David Holdsworth and to a degree Gary Simpson, you know, we tried 4-3-3, 4-4-2. To try too many different things. So, yeah, I can understand exactly why we continue to try and play out from the back. And Michael said, we made an individual error that led to the goal. Yes, we did. And in the dressing room, they'll discuss that and they'll talk about it. For all we know, the pattern of play might be, that might, you know, the, the, the instruction might be that if the pass is not on, don't force it because, you know, Josh did play some balls forward. Um, I thought we were a little more direct at times on Saturday, on whatever day it was that we played Peterborough, <laughs> um, than than we normally are. You know, and I, I certainly think that playing out from the back does draw the other team forward, creates the space in behind. And how frustrated have we been at times when we said John Akindi looks isolated last season, Tyler Walker looks mm. isolated. These players look isolated because you're sticking them deep in the opposition's half and pumping a long ball to them. And all the opposition defence do is just sit there and go, bring it on. And if we'd done that against Peterborough, they got Mark Beavers at the back. They had, uh, was it Frankie Kent? I don't know if Kent played, to be honest. If he did, he was an honour. They got big boys at the back. Pump the ball forward. Mm. They nod it away. You get nothing. As soon as you stand two players in the 18-yard area at a goal kick, everyone has to shuffle forward. And by shuffling forward, you're creating space on the pitch. Now, I understand when it doesn't work, it's frustrating. But as soon as you start going away from that, your entire game plan crumbles. And if that's how Michael Appleton wants to play football, that's how we're going we're gonna to play football. There is a time and a place. I, I, I'm not going to pretend I didn't stand there at times and say, say, get it out. Don't play it around there. Especially when it's 2-1. You know what I mean? Mm. It's 2-1. Get the fucking thing forward. And I think, you know, when John came on, we were, we allowed ourselves to be a little bit more direct. Um, but we will keep playing out from the back. And a football tactic is like building a house. You take up the foundation away, the rest of it all falls down. Or a proper football tactic. Um, and that's what Michael Appleton is, you know. He's, he's a, we know it. We, we spoke to him. He's a student of the game. He understands the game better than probably 90% of the people that have held the role at Lincoln City before him. In my, you know, he's, he's been, the clubs he's been at, the players he's been at, the tacticians he's worked with. Uh, it worked for him at Oxford. It will work for him at Lincoln. But the dull moments are going to be few and far between. And there will be games that I think we lose through our own doing. Um but they will also become few and far between as the team evolve and as fresh players come in or as the current players adapt to what's currently required of them. Yeah, absolutely like that. It, it It's, like you say, it's frustrating to watch at times, um, particularly like you say, when you've, you know, when you, you're in that position, you just think, for God's sake, just, you know, get rid. Um, I think that was probably one of my most used phrases, <laughs> you know, on, on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, on Wednesday, I'm doing it now as well. Um, yeah, it, it's when you have that moment and you just think, you know, you can see what's coming because you're, you're sat, you know, many, you know, quite a few yards away from what's happening. You just think you can see exactly what's coming. You can see who's coming in for it. You think this is going to this is going to go badly. Just you know, 
hoof it out, get rid of it, you know, grant brown it and, and see what happens. But um like you say, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna sit here and, and pretend to know everything about the, you know, what the ins and outs of what's going on, but it's um yeah, just it, it's that odd moment when you, you just get a little bit frustrated and um hopefully we can like you say, that they should be few and far between those moments and uh here's hoping that they are. Um, anyway, um, one other thing I just wanted to say, actually, uh, you mentioned about um, the the sending off um, on on Wednesday. Uh, the thing that made it quite funny for me um, wasn't just George Grant waving goodbye to the lad as he was uh, as he was sent off, which I thought was brilliant, but it was also um, the thing that really uh, sort of hit home was when after the fact uh, you could see Joe Morrell was was walking around sort of trying to antagonize other players um because that's what he does you know he is a little bastard he is a he is that kind of player that everybody wants on their team but nobody wants on on the opposition team um but he was clearly going around trying to wind others up and um you, you saw Bozzy go over to him and he just sort of pushed him aside and said you can stop it now you know <laughs> keep your head let's carry on just cut it out and we'll, you know, we'll win this game. And I think that was, that was that moment where, you know, when, when we spoke to Michael about having that mix of experience and youth on the pit, on the pitch, I think that was the perfect uh, example of it right there. Cause Bozzy knew what was going on and he cut it out pretty, pretty bloody quickly. But then that's so, what you get with Michael Boswick. And that's why yeah. having him back is so massive. You know, no, no, I no um, coincidence is it that, we're top of the six game form table and the six games that Michael Appleton's been in charge that Michael Boswick has played in are those six games. Yeah, absolutely. For instance, you know, I, I, I know Michael said that he wouldn't be thinking about new contracts until the end of January at a bare minimum, but I sincerely hope that he's, he's got a big star next to Michael Boswick's name because he's got another year or two in him. Um, Oh, easily. But we all, it's, yeah, got, got to keep him, got to keep Michael Boswick. Yeah, I think another one as well there, before we move on to Sunderland, another one that I think he probably should be, you know, looking at maybe going over in pen would be uh, would be Michael O'Connor. Um, I think Michael O'Connor has played extremely well since he's come back into the side from his injury. Um, and it was a, it was really nice to hear him say actually the other day on the, on the press conference that he, he, he wants to finish his career here because he loves the city and he loves the club and he, he loves the people. So he's, um, he, he's a player that, he, he does the stuff that, uh, that a lot of people might not want to do. You know, he does the dirty stuff. He does the um, he does the hard, you know, the hard tackling and, and wins the ball in midfield before he can play it out to George and George can do what he needs to do. So um, that's another one I'd like to see. So, yeah, I think that's probably a decent spot to uh, cut to Jake and uh, his fan cam or fan interviews after the, uh, after the Ipswich and Peterborough games. Um, I actually saw this being uh, being filmed so watch recorded. out for a little cameo filmed. filmed yes sorry being recorded being recorded bloody hell so watch out uh, listen out for a little cameo there um, and we'll see you guys either side of it alright Lincoln City 5 yep that's 5 Ipswich 3 uh, Chris just want your initial reaction from that oh well last game of the decade could be game of the decade it was a decade it was unbelievable yeah. brilliant brilliant game of football um, had goals. everything yeah, had, had everything, everything. yeah um I won't swear, but I thought Ipswich played on ice most of the first half. Yeah. Really pretty uh, unpleasant to watch. Um, 
and then it was one all and I thought if we can get to half time at one all that'll be alright because a fair play every time Ipswich went forward they looked like scoring yeah. but equally every time we went forward we looked like scoring and yeah. it was just a cracking it's one of those sort of boxing match games of football yeah. just end to end everything yeah. in it brilliant game of football let's, Great go back, let's go back to the first goal obviously Harry getting a goal that's crucial for him yeah, good for him. Good goal. Um, Jake Heskiff, the architect. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, you'll be pleased to hear, Jake, that uh, I've put Heskiff as my man of the match today. Good. So it was brilliant. Good. I, I have not been, I've not been critical of him. I don't like to come out and criticise too often, but I thought he's played well without really an end product. And today we've seen the end product, and we've seen why Appleton's obviously got faith and stuck him in for the last half dozen or so games. He was, he was outstanding all over the pitch. Great assist and a great goal at the end. Uh, not to say Ipswich were cheating. But they, de- they, they, they definitely they definitely came for that with that sort of mentality to try and con the referee. There's the, their free kick for their first goal. I didn't think it was a free kick whatsoever. No, not not for me. Never a free kick. I've been um, that way. I've been that way. What's the polite word? Shithousery. Yeah. Am I allowed to say yeah. that? Apologies. Yeah, yeah. You are. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Gary would allow that. I, I, I thought they they come to frustrate to get under our skin, which they did. Um, they, they were falling over I mean part way through the second half sent to someone um, you know we need to be smarter we need to be getting in front of their man and going down because the yeah. ref was giving everything every yeah. time they went over and it was never a free kick fair enough he finished it nicely but um, I thought they were yeah they, they played it a bit nasty today and it was a couple of times I was worried there was a tackle on Toff second half yeah. um, looked a bit nasty one on Morel in the first half one on Morel well. and they're 21 I can't remember what his name was but he twice I'd seen him putting his, yeah, yeah. putting his um, hands around uh, Morel's neck they'd been at each other all game and I just think how the, the officials aren't seeing it but you know what 5-3 I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy I think it would be unfair if we didn't talk about Tyler because yeah. Ty- Tyler two goals again that's 12 goals now for the year how incredible has, has he been so far he's outstanding he's, he's perfect centre forward yeah he is um, we are blessed to have him and hopefully we'll still have him come the 31st of January um, a lot of whispers going around that he might be recalled but hopefully not um, until it happens it, until it happens he's ours him. and um, I, I think he's he's fantastic he's, he's He's so far above League One level yeah. that we are so lucky to have him. And yeah. he's, he's been the difference, hasn't he, this season? Yeah. Obviously then, Peterborough on Wednesday, New Year's Day. I don't know when this is going to go out, but obviously they've just got beat 4-0 today and they could be losing a couple of key players, maybe by New Year's, it's unlikely. But, you know, they're going to want to come and prove a point at, in a local derby, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. And, I mean, Ipswich fans were good today. That Peterborough fans will pack out. Stacey West, it'll be another brilliant... Uh, atmosphere was top-notch today, yeah, I have to say. I thought so. the, the whole co-op stand, it's Selenic stand. When the stand fifth goal went in. When the uh, fifth goal was, went in. Yeah, it was a brilliant atmosphere. But I think Peterborough, totally different game, isn't it? Yeah. Very difficult. Um, said before today, be happy with trying the point. to get on that bloody podcast. Oh, look out. Oh, oh, look who we've been joined by. Interview. Look who we've just been joined by. Stacey, Stacey West podcast co-host Ben Ward how you doing I'm alright did you enjoy that yeah I'm not going to have any voice at work that's <laughs> no. but I was alright you going to call me a prick no I'm going to call Gary a prick oh. but actually that's a bit on, that's say a bit it over harsh. the fan cams that'd be different that's, that's, that's a bit harsh because he's not here yeah. him, so. I've got to anyway. write the match report now yeah alright <laughs> anyway I'm going to go cause, all right. yeah. well that was nice that was cheers right, Ben see you a bit <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that on any other podcast do you no, that was a good gate crash, that. Fair play. Uh, right, let's just have a word on Ipswich. Obviously, they're a side going for promotion. I didn't think they were bad. You know, they've come to the Central Bank and scored three goals. Not many teams are going to do that over the course of the year, you'd think. 
No, but they conceded five, and I think that's where they're going to fall down. They were poor defensively, really yeah. poor. Um, they changed it when their player went injured. They went three at the back, and I thought we could have steamrolled them. They you know, kept getting back into it, though. That was the biggest fear for me, was yeah. at 4-3. I thought... I, I could only see it ended up as a 4 all to yeah. be honest. But we kept going, and I, uh, what I liked today was that we didn't sit off too much we kept going we kept the game plan we kept pushing forward transitions from back to front quick effective um, and everyone everyone had a good game definitely a my team isn't it it's definitely I think I think so yeah I think definitely tactically it seems to be the way he wants to play Um, I I think it's going to be a really interesting and exciting few weeks ahead with the with the transfer window opening Um, I think you know if we see some go or see some come in um, hopefully not too much disruption or too much change but definitely today was a real Appleton performance from, from what you've heard before he came and from what yeah. he's been trying to do and you've seen patches of it and bits of it here and there um, but it was consistent throughout 90 minutes we'll just leave it on this we are six points clear of the bottom three that's crucial with a game in hand as well you know the aim is to stay in the league and we're, we're comfortably doing that at this minute although it can change in a couple of weeks but at the minute it feels good that we're the top of the promoted teams anyway yeah definitely I think it's um, before the season started anything above 18th 19th was going to be success if we stay in the league we've got we've had a horrid run we've still got a few really tough games to get through Peterborough won't be easy Sunderland away you know we've got some tricky games if we can get to February and the end of the transfer window and we're still comfortably clear of that bottom three then brilliant yeah. Um, and I think you know six points off the bottom three, but probably only seven, eight points off, off the top ten, top nine, eight, so. nine off the playoffs. So I don't expect us to get anywhere close though. to it. Yeah. But um, if we can consolidate mid-table this season, next season is going to be brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. strengthen in January and in the summer, particularly in the summer. Um, I think you know um, we can really judge Appleton this time next year. Yeah. Oh, Ian, that was dramatic again, but another win. Yeah, not in it for the first fifty-five minutes, and then. Hit that switch, didn't we? Yeah. I thought George Grant coming to his own today, probably his best game in a Lincoln shirt. Finished off with a wonderful free kick. And what what can you say about the usuals? Erdley, Toph, O'Connor, all, all performed. I know O'Connor went off at half-time, but really did well in the first half. And yeah, what a great comeback. We kept a discipline, they didn't. We've got to be honest, so Peterborough did look good first half. They were threatening Madison, Tony, and eventually they, they led to the goal. And they probably deserved to be one to look at the point at the time. Definitely, as I said, weren't in it for the first 55, 60 minutes. But as I said, the discipline we showed and the discipline they showed just won us the game, I believe. In the end, they, they lost it, we didn't. And then Tyler, another goal. Say, we say this every week, but how, how good is Tyler? How c- good can he become? Well, it, he should and could be a Premier Division player within two seasons. Yeah, he, be, he, yeah. He's got that in him. Yeah, and then obviously the red card, Dembele, came on at their place, changed the game, and then nearly lo- we changed the game again, but yeah. in another way. Absolutely. Just what an idiot. Yeah. yeah. No other words to describe him. And then obviously... Free kick, Georgie Grant, last couple of minutes, Roof came off the place again like it did on Sunday. Yeah, well, obviously not here on Sunday, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved goal as well. I thought he was man of match today. And do you think Appleton, just based off today, do you think Appleton's sort of get playing his way of football now, even though we do concede the ball a little bit at the back, but you can start to see the change from the Cowleys to, to Appleton? 
Yeah, we're probably playing more football under Appleton, again, like you said, in defence, we've just sometimes got to put a put foot through it and clear it. Yeah. Another win, Connor, how do you think that one was? That was really good. Uh, don't think we was in it for the start, first half, a few minutes into the second, but I believe when uh, John, Big Jono came on, that it was changed it. Like, as soon as he came on, he made an impact, assisted Tyler's goal. It, he just made it a bit like a better game. It, do you think the red card changed it? Red card definitely changed it, yeah. Like It changes most games, but seeming they was already at 1 1, losing a striker, yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as if it was a defender yeah. or a midfielder. Yeah, and obviously, Georgie Grant scoring up. Well, you can't, you can't forget, ignore Tyler, you know, another goal, another great goal. But Georgie Grant, that, that was another level, wasn't it? That free kick was insane. Like, I still don't think it's as good as Shackles, but it was a good free kick. Sunderland away then, Saturday. We beat Ipswich, we beat Peterborough. Can we go up there and, and beat the Mackhams? Of course we can. Yeah? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Uh, Throw on the bounce. Don't see why not. Form we're on. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. That was Jake and uh, his his interviews with fans outside the game. If you do see Jake in his uh, in his high vis, just stop him and say hello and uh, you'll be able to, to come on the podcast through the magic of audio editing. Um, and uh, there we go. Right. Should we talk about Sunderland? Yeah. Because we are about 45 minutes in. Bloody hell. That's, that's gone quickly. Um, right. So Sunderland, um, we've obviously taken three points off more already. We were at the point where their manager before was about to uh, about to get sacked and I think we got the last we got the last laugh on them uh, as he did um three points uh, three places above us in the league two points above us at the moment not on the best run how do you see it going i mean is it one that we can easily look at or you know that they've not lost many at home have they no it's yeah it's Big stadium, isn't it? Um, big occasion for a lot of people. And I think, yeah, I, I did some work for uh, the Roker report this morning, answering some questions for them ahead of the game. And they said, you know, oh, will Lincoln be overawed coming to the stadium alive? And I, you know, I don't think this group of players are. I think this group of players thrive on the big occasion. I think you only mm-hmm. need to look at beating Huddersfield at the McAlpine, you know, Everton 2-1. Um, you know, this, this, this group rise to the the bigger occasion um so i don't i don't think that's going to be an issue uh sunderland are not on a good run they did get uh they they are actually unbeaten i think though aren't they in on three or four now i think they've drawn with fleetwood beat doncaster drawn with bolton drawn with blackpool um, yeah, I think it's three win, three draws and a win. Yeah, so I think before that they lost to Gillingham. Uh, they play three four three, which is it's a difficult one for us. You know, we we will play our game, so we'll go there four four one one derivative of. Um, they'll play their three four three with three at the back. If the two wing backs are dropping in, it's going to make it very hard for us because you know our patterns of play are such that we come down one flank, we look to stretch it to the other flank. And as I touched in on the blog, you know, Morel picks it up in the pocket. If he pings it, or George, or George Grant does, if he pings it right away over to Harry Anderson, four at the back, the full-back's got to make a decision. He either goes out to mark Harry and cut down the space, thus leaving gaps in the middle, and then you, know, you can play a little dink into Tyler or to Hesketh. 
Um, or he doesn't go out there, you ping it over to Harry Anderson and then the whole game shifts over that side. So with four at the back, our patterns of play are quite effective. With three at the back or what is essentially a, a five at the back, it can be a little bit different. Now, it depends if if it is a three or a five. If it's a three and the, four, the wing-backs are not quick enough to get back in the gaps, then you know, we could pose a problem. We can get in behind. But Danny always used to say to me that Harry didn't like playing against three, five, two. Three, four, three is defensively very similar to that because there's no space to get in behind. And that's what Harry likes to do. Now, if there's no space to get in behind, it cuts down on the creativity that we've seen from the last two games. So merely by the way that they set up, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Now, going forward, they should offer quite, they should offer plenty. They haven't been doing. Phil Parkinson is not particularly popular. Um, not particularly popular figure. I think he plays quite a direct style. Um, so you know there'll be there'll be a lot of emphasis on young Denver Denver Hume and Luco Nine who play play fullback. Um, how Hume because he's only come out the under twenty threes recently. So how he deals with whoever we play on the right, which will probably be Harry Anderson, will be very interesting. Um, I know at the beginning of the season under Jack Ross, he wasn't comfortable playing in that. Ross wanted to play three five two, and Hume wasn't confident in the uh, in the left wing back role, which is why they brought in Lawrence de Bock, who was then smashed all over the place when we beat him two 0 at ours. Mm. Luke O'Nine's a bit different over on the right-hand side. He's a really, really talented player. Um, but again, in the, the problem with the 3-4-3, as I see it, is there's a lot of emphasis on their wing on their wing backs, but their two wide players, it was Chris Maguire and Lyndon Gooch, are very, very much attacking. And if they start to have to sing back, so if we start penning them in, we isolate Charlie Wyke. And if we isolate Charlie Wyke against Michael Boswick... Wyke's a, a robust striker. He's not an Ivan Tony. He's not going to turn with a sprinter pace. He's not going to produce a worldie from uh, from outside the area. He's a robust traditional English centre half. I think we can nullify their threat, and they do. They do go two up top later on in the games. I think they brought Mark McNulty on uh, against Fleetwood, even though they were one nil down, so they were chasing the game. Um, so they do have the opportunity to go two at the t- two up top, and I think then they went to a like a four one three two formation, which is you know, probably similar to what we used, what we played last season. Um, mm. So it's, I think it's going to be tactically a very interesting game. I don't think we've got any reason to be afraid. Uh, I don't think that there's any reason for us to to go up there and think that we can't get a result. Uh, we're on a very good run of form there. Not, you know, they're unbeaten in four, but let's face it, we've lost two or four and we've still picked up more points than they have. Uh, Mm. No, we haven't picked up the same amount of points. That's a stupid thing for me to say. We've both picked up six points from four games. Um, (laughs) Interesting. I think there'll be far fewer chances than the last two games. Uh, I would have it as under 2.5 goals. Absolutely. Uh, my money would probably be on a one or draw. Uh, I could see if we get the early goal, you can turn their 30,000 crowd against them because, mm-hmm. you know, they sacked Jack, Jack Ross after losing just two games at the beginning of the season. Let's not forget that. You know, Jack Ross wasn't sacked because he was on an appalling run. Jack Ross was sacked because he lost two matches. Other than that, yeah. I mean, I think, had he, how many had he won on the row? I seem to think he had drawn his opening two games, then won five on the bounce, lost to Peterborough, 
then went another five unbeaten, uh, including beating Premier League Sheffield United in the Cup at Bramall Lane. We beat them 2-0 and he gets the sack now. Yeah. And since then, he's been, you know, they've, they've been really poor since then. So going to be very, very, uh, very interesting indeed. Like you say, they don't usually lose many at home. Uh, they haven't actually won at home since the 2nd of November. That's another point to make. And they're, even then, they only beat Southend 1-0. So in that time, they've lost to Leicester under-21s. They've drawn with Gillingham. Uh, they've drawn with Coventry. They've lost to Burton. They've drawn with Blackpool. They've drawn with Bolton. That's their home form. So I, I, I'm, I'm pegging it as a one-all draw, I think. Uh, but if we do score first and then we keep show the same sort of character, there is the potential to win it. But their squad is has such quality in it that if they do, you know, if they do click then it, you know, it could go either way. But then that's pretty much every game in this division, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's it, it, it's like you said before, you know, it, it's almost like trying to predict some cup games. It, it's difficult because you, you can't, sometimes you can't put your finger on where it's going to, where it's going to land, particularly with a club that's as volatile as Sunderland are at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I'll certainly be heading up there. I think we're heading up there Friday afternoon. So uh, we'll be, We'll do you have a job? For the uh, I do. I've just got a few days off. Okay. I decided to take some. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know where to go from that. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's, no, yeah, that's good. You take views down. You new head up there. Uh, I am not travelling okay. uh, to Sunderland. Uh, pre-flu, I made the decision that uh, having been to Ipswich, uh, having been to the Ipswich game and the Peterborough game, I wanted you know, didn't. I thought we'd also have been away to Cambridge. I thought, uh, as you know, Fee and I, I thought we would have been to my brothers, and we were just going to be so busy. It was going to be uh, an opportunity to to spend an afternoon with her, um, which I, it's, I still will. Uh, so I didn't get a ticket, and I obviously having not having missed the Ipswich game, Fee's and it's kind of been saying you should go, you should go up to Sunderland, but um, I don't know if I'm up for an away day at the minute. I'm still not a hundred percent, so uh, I'm I'm not going to to risk that i don't think see i'm supposed to be the sick note on the podcast gary it's well yeah but you you're sick all of the time but you know (laughs) with with minor ailments that most people would fight through whereas i've just saved them all up uh and have now got um major issues so i quite fancy shrewsbury the week Mm. after though but i I can't because it's uh, mo's birthday so yeah, well, you see, minor ailments that most people would fight through. I don't think that's that. <laughs> oh, Ben. <laughs> I had a bloody tooth out. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't we know it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky twat. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, that's probably going to do us um, for this week before I uh, I start trying to think up other insults. I've had people say to me, are you going to think of other insults for this year? for Gary other than just calling you a prick all the time and I'm just thinking well I I need to keep it relatively family friendly you know I I had the I had the moniker of sweary Ben in the the early days and I don't want to you know I don't want to put us in the uh, not safe for work podcast sections so Mm. I don't know I'll have to work on that though we'll we'll see yeah you said I need to work on it it comes naturally to me (laughs) <laughs> this is very true. Um, is there anything that you uh, you need to plug? Yeah, there is, isn't there? What did we get sent on Twitter? Uh, I, I assume that you have read it. 
from Dean. Uh, would you be able to plug the draw to raise funds for the John Eggin Trust? Absolutely, so yes. Is uh, he, the um, it, that's the the picture, isn't it? The the Lank. the Lancaster. So it's uh, the picture of the Lank, and then uh, the pictures of it flying over against MK Dons last year. So it's it's a big framed print, really really nice. Um, I think it's an RAF print above of the Lank, and then three photos underneath, all framed. Uh, you sponsor him, uh, so he's he's obviously doing some sort of plug the draw. So every five pound sponsored at justgiving.com. Hang on. Uh, doesn't tell me what the uh, address is there. <laughs> Slash fundraising, because I'm on there as well now that you've uh, now you mentioned it. Yep. Um we'll we'll put a link on Twitter because it's a bit it's a bit involved. Yeah. So uh five pound <laughs> uh you get in the draw, ten pound for two entries, etc. Closes on Sunday, February the ninth. Uh, ready for it to come to the MK Dons game uh, to be drawn, and all of the money goes to the John Eggin Trust. Now, I don't, I'm going to look at what the John Eggin Trust do. I know that John Eggin was obviously the Red Arrows pilot, wasn't he? Um, that, yes. Uh, that um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, it's um, the John Eggin Trust, if I just bring the blurb up, um, was set up in memory of John Eggin, who tragically lost his life at the Bournemouth Air Festival. John was passionate about young people through his love of flying, uh, inspiring young people, sorry, through love of flying. Uh, Jet realises his dream of supporting young people to reach their full potential. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's helping young people be the best people that they can be. Um, so absolutely, go and chuck Dean a fiver because it'll be, it's a wonderful cause and you might come away with a print of, I think, our moment of the season last year, at least at home. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's, for me, it was when we lifted the title, but um, it was still a a magical moment, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, definitely go along and do that. There we go. Um, I've not got anything to plug at the minute. We've just done our game of the year stuff for the website, but other than that, nothing major. Um, I'm probably going to be doing the 24-hour stream again this year, which annoyingly coincides with the Gillingham game, so I'm not going to be able to hurl abuse at Mr. Evans. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably start begging for that in the next few weeks. It's my mum's so. birthday, 22nd of Feb. Oh, it's a few days before the good lady wife, so oh. I'll, uh, I'll have to make sure I get all the presents sorted before then. Um Cool. Right. I think that's probably a good spot to leave it. So we will see you guys next week. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled Thursdays um, because I think after next week, it all calms down again. We know what day Uh, it is. Yeah, that's the thing. I think when when I get back to a regular nine to five, Monday to Friday, I think I'll I'll start to remember what day it is and, and feel slightly normal again. No, you know. No, you'll you'll be ill and I'll be normal again. Normal service will be resumed. Yeah, uh, that's probably fair. My New Year's resolution is to not get as ill this year. Yeah. Well, I have got a bit of a cold. No, I'm not going to say it anyway. Right, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye. See you later. Cheers. Bye. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.